Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Hostile Environment Podcast, episode number 42. We are literally eight episodes away from the Big Five O, and I'm guessing at this point you're probably saying to yourself, I wonder what position Jay sleeps in. Or the other question, which is what you're probably really thinking, is uh, what does Jay have planned for episode number 50? Well, boys and girls, I'm uh, dipping my sexy toes in a couple of different bodies of water at this point, and we're going to have to see where it goes, but, I mean, even if I did have a solid idea in place, you know I can't tell you guys, right? I mean, where's the drama on that? So, um, stay tuned, because episode number 50 is coming up rather quickly, which I did not expect. But with that also being said, remember there will be no show on Monday. So unfortunately, you won't hear you won't hear my sexy voice for uh, seven days straight uh, until next Thursday, July 29th. I come back on the 28th, so 29th, because I will be whitewater rafting. Assuming, of course, like I said, I don't get tossed off a raft and my head, smoke my head off a rock, or I get attacked by a bear. Not interacted with a bear, by the way. Attacked by a bear. Uh, but remember, kids, if you're a hostile environment crackhead and you need a fix, you need a hit, you can always go into the archives and download one of my past shows that you either missed or maybe you know one that you really enjoyed that will give you uh, the shot that you need to get by until next Thursday. And, of course, if you need to do that, you know that I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. And just recently... I was added to Stitcher Podcast as well, so I am everywhere. Uh, Stitcher is kind of an American company, but uh, they're huge in, in the U.S., and they're immigrating here to Canada, and they're trying to bust into the market, so your boy's already on that market, so that's something for me, right? So, uh, yeah, so I'm not hard to find, so if you need to find me, you, you can go to any of those platforms. So, uh, let's start off right off the bat, and I need to ask you guys, can we just please talk about the Olympics for a second? You know, the Olympics, you know, they started in Greece in like 2080 or some shit like that. Well, it's 2021. Um, I, you know, in, in 42 years of me being on this planet, I have never, ever heard any man say to me, or even around me, hey, Jay, did you see that? pole vaulter from Poland kill it last night? Or, you know, hey Jay, you want to come over and crush some beers and watch that 4x100 relay? Um, you know, do men who aren't Olympic hopefuls give a flying fuck about the summer or winter Olympics? I, I don't get it. I, I'm not talking about the men who are forced to watch it with their wives because, guys, I, I can speak from experience, we've all been there, right? When your wife's like, Oh, we have to watch so-and-so do the fucking swimming gimmick thing. And, all right, well, it's easier just to sit down and shut up and watch it than it is to actually, like, you know, fight about it or, or trying to avoid it, right? But, and, I, and I'm not talking about the regular men, you know, who, who you know, just love the Olympics. I, I, I mean, I don't know if there are any of those who out there. I, I don't know. But personally, I just don't give a fuck. And I mean at all. None. Zero. The only time I actually cared about the Olympics, and this is as far back as I can remember. Uh, I did care when Ben Johnson uh, did his thing, and I was at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant watching it with my mom, and look how that turned out. Ben Johnson fucked and shit the bed, right? And then there was the other time I cared about it, and that was when Donovan Bailey uh, was racing that American sprinter, I don't remember his name, 
um, when it was a one-on-one -on -one match, and as, as soon as the gun went off and they took off, the American dude pulled up lame and said he pulled his hamstring. So those are my two only experiences where I actually gave a shit about the Olympics, and they were both garbage. And look, I, I know these athletes are the best of the best in their chosen sports. Well, except for countries like Estonia, who only send like one athlete, and I think that guy does every single event. Um, so I'm, I'm actually I'm not trying to throw shade at the people themselves or the athletes themselves. I'm talking about just the overall idea of of the Olympic Games themselves. Um, I, I I I don't get it. I'm sorry, I just don't. The reason I bring this up is because I've been hearing what a complete disaster the Tokyo Olympics have become, and they ha they don't even start until tomorrow. Well, and actually, they don't even start till that's the opening ceremonies, which is also a joke. Um, so tomorrow is Friday, July twenty third. That is the first day, and so far, um, what do we know? They've banned all fans, all fans from attending. You can't. No fans can go in and see these athletes perform um, because of COVID, obviously. Um, a Ugandan weightlifter went missing. They weren't sure if he was kidnapped, so they went on the hunt for this guy. And I think they eventually, actually, I know they eventually found him. And apparently he was trying to escape from going back to Uganda. So he was kind of like, what's it called? Asking for asylum, but he wasn't really asking. He was just going to disappear into Tokyo and never go home. And they found him, and now they've got to send this poor guy back to Uganda, where he may or may not be killed. I, I, I don't know. But I know he, he, he didn't qualify, so I think he, didn't, he was scared to go home. And anyways, they found him, and they're sending him home. Uh, and also, five athletes have already tested COVID. Uh, po sorry, have already tested positive for COVID and had to withdraw, um, as did their coaches, who also have to quarantine because they were in close contact with these athletes. And then I'm reading that um, at the Athletes' Village, where all these sexy athletes got to hang out with each other for two weeks and have, like, massive Olympic orgies, apparently what's going on right now is it's being run like a Chinese COVID prison. And as soon as you're done your event, you they, they pretty much walk you back to your room and you either sleep there for the night and the next morning they grab you or after your event, they take you back to your room, they pack your shit and fucking they send you out. So just to be clear, like the Olympics used to be about everybody coming together and all this beautiful stuff and all lighting the torch and dancing, I don't know, all this shit. But the Olympics that these athletes have been training for pretty much their entire lives so they can either hopefully win a medal or just at least compete on this massive stage in front of their loved ones and their fans and their family and all this stuff, well, that's not going to happen. And they just usher these athletes in like cattle who are confined to their rooms, except for dining, by the way, which you can only dine alone. There's only like 10 people allowed in the entire dining hall. And they have these huge glass barriers that are set up between tables, kind of like cubicles, so you can't even communicate with anybody else who's eating with you. Um, and then when you're done they, uh, with, with your eating, they just tell you, or sorry, when you're done with the entire uh, competing and everything like that, they tell you, you know, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the fuck out of here. So get the fuck out, and it's just like, next! And another athlete comes in, and he's got to go through all this shit. So, I mean... You know, in, in my opinion, okay, so I totally understand that you, canceling Olympics destroys the athletes because chances are, you know, most of these men and women can't wait another four years. But at the end of the day, if we're really being honest, okay, imagine that you're the best rhythmic gymnastics on earth or rhythmic 
rhythmic gymnast on earth. That's what I was trying to say. So you win the gold medal for dancing around to Def Leppard with that ribbon. Because that's what rhythmic gymnasts are. They dance around and they have that ribbon like Will Ferrell did in, in old school, right? So you're the Michael Jordan of ribbon dancing. And you win the gold. What's next for you when you get home? There is no major league ribbon dancing league. And methinks you aren't making it on a cereal box holding your medal proudly because, well, you're a ribbon dancer. Uh, and I guess, you know, you could brag to people you work with at Home Depot that, you know, you'd kick their ass in ribbon dancing if they want to talk shit. But, you know, isn't that pretty much the end of the road? I mean, even if you're going for a job interview for like, you know, a crazy job and you put your name uh, on the resume and then underneath it, you put like Olympic athlete in 2021. You have to pretty much know that when you look them straight in their eyes and they say something like, hey, so it says here that you're an Olympic athlete. What sport? And you say, oh, ribbon dancing. They're going to use your resume to hold their laughter back so you don't see them smiling, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much a given, I think. And yes, I realize I'm, I'm picking on ribbon dancing, but... There are other sports that don't translate well into conversations or, or life in general for that. <laughs> like like water polo and, and, and fencing and uh, table tennis. There you go. There's another great Olympic sport. So, okay, and uh, wait, before I go any further, yes, I also do know how crazy some table tennis players are. I've seen the YouTube videos. I've seen Forrest Gump. But seriously, Olympic ping pong? Like, really? What? You know, let's go Olympic beer pong or Olympic flip cup. At least they would be seriously entertaining to watch. And it's an event you can be proud of when you go to a Christmas party and you're standing in the corner and you don't know anybody. And they're like, some guy walks up to you and says, so Mike, uh, you know, Je Jennifer tells me you're an Olympic athlete. What sport? And you say, well, beer pong. And the guy goes, oh, you know, that, that's an Olympic sport. When did that happen? Um, you know, I, I was pretty amazing uh, at that in college. I bet I could give you a run for your gold medal. Next thing you know, Boom. A spontaneous beer pong tournament has broken out at the party, and now the party's going to kick fucking ass, right? Um, but if the roles are reversed, and Mike comes up to you and asks the same question, like, uh, Jennifer tells me you're an Olympic athlete, what sport? And you say, ribbon dancer. Well, I don't see, uh, you know, the guy ripping his scarf off and then kicking over a table and challenging you to, you know, an, an all-out ribbon dance war for your gold medal or anything like that, right? I don't know. Just my opinion. I don't know. That's what I think. I think the Olympics are a waste of time at this point in 2021. Um, you know, I feel bad for the athletes because I know they fucking train hard and they're amazing at what they do. I just don't see the purpose of them. I really don't. So, in, in closing, I will say good luck to all Canadian athletes. Uh, you know, and, and and enjoy your Chinese torture prison version of the 2021 Olympic Games. And I hope you guys do well. So there you go. Can't wait to not watch. All right. Um, recently, I wanted to bring these guys uh, to your attention. Recently, I heard this quote, and it totally resonated with me and the work I put into with this podcast. So I thought I would share it with you, kind of in the hopes that it, it makes you feel the same way that it made me feel. Um, so here, I'm, here it is. Um, have you ever heard a crackhead say, I have no money I'm not going to smoke crack today? No. They always find a way. Are you going to let a crackhead out-hustle you today?
So that's that. That's the entire thing. And I, I you know, it may not be the motivational quote that Oprah is going to put in her magazines, and I'm sure it doesn't translate all that well into some professional areas of life. You know, so you know, you're not going to have you know a big fucking power meeting with, you know, suits and lawyers, and that's the quote they're going to use. I get it. Um, but you get the point of what, what what it's trying to say, right? I mean, crackheads find a way to get fucked up. They steal from their family. They steal from their friends. They steal from stores. They collect empty beer bottles. They wash windshields. And they perform sexual favors. But no matter what, they do find the money to get high. And the end result should be the same for all of us, right? I mean, they see that balloon full of heroin and they know they need $65 to get that balloon into their body. Just like I see that cottage of Muskoka and now I have to figure out a way to push for it. So I, I know how it translates and I get it, but for me, it's just, you know, it's a phrase that me, it just resonated with me. So I wanted to share it because, you know, no matter how you phrase it, at the end of the day, it is the same thing. Um, it just so happens that the way using crackheads as a metaphor is just way more entertaining is funny. And, you know, again, I have a, a more, um, uh, um, oh, what's it called? I have a, there's a reason I'm doing this. I also bring this up because if you are a loyal listener to the show and um, you're up to date on every episode thus far, a couple of shows back, I said that this was going to be a special episode for me, but I neglected to tell you why, because I wanted you to tune in. Well, now that you're tuning in, I can tell you that I'm proud to announce that today is the first time that not only do I have one sponsor to the podcast, I actually have two paid sponsors on the podcast in one episode. Um, I'm super proud. I'm super happy. Um, I remember, and I'm sure you guys remember, because if you, you've been with me this whole ride, there was a time when I thought I was just kind of spinning my wheels and, and just doing this for the love of, you know, giving you guys a peek into some crazy shit that I've been a part of over the years, because I've told you that I had all this shit written down, and I wanted to put it into a book, and, you know, I, I knew nobody was going to buy the book, but it seemed like a good idea at the time, and it was kind of like Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. If you guys ever watched Sons, he kept a journal of all the crazy shit he did as a biker. You know, I was nowhere near that level of dangerous or nowhere near that level of crazy. But I saw some crazy shit and I wrote everything down somewhere, um, notepads and blah, blah, blah. Or it was just ingrained in my brain. And I just saw, like, some of the shit was just too good not to tell people. But I didn't know what outlet or how to use it. And all of a sudden, podcasting became a thing, and here we are today. So, remember, it was a little disheartening for me while I was doing this that I made all these professional pitches to companies, but nobody would hire me. Nobody would give me a chance because I was new, because I didn't have the downloads, because I didn't have, you know, there was always a reason, right? But now, I'm, I'm here, and um, like the mighty crackhead, I didn't stop hustling. And today, I'm getting paid to talk to you guys by two different companies. So with that being said, let's get into the first ad read of the day, and let's pay some bills, shall we? 
This podcast is brought to you by Military True Crime Addict, a podcast focusing on true life events of military personnel, veterans, and those associated with the military. Give a voice to the victims and hear their side of the story, raise awareness of the heinous crimes, and support those most impacted. Military True Crime Addict is available wherever you get your podcasts, and you don't need to know anything about the military to listen. Now, back to the show. And now let's get into the second ad read of the day, shall we? The uh, the second ad read of the day um, is by Shadowed Stars. Shadowed Stars is an epic science fiction book series with mature flavor. It is written by a fellow named Stephen Kautz. It is offered through Page Publishing. Currently, there are eight books planned with more unnumbered ones to follow. There are glossary entries and short stories that are free to read and posted around the 20th of each month on the 20th of each month on shadowedbooks.com. These books are written in a dark form to give the reader the feel of being un- in unexplored space. The odd numbered books follow one line of characters and the even numbered books follow another line with the crossovers and cameos between them. Book one, titled Shadowed Stars, The Reign of the Black Guard, and book two are available now with Shadowed Stars, The Children of Home, where that is book number three coming available soon. They are available in paperback and ebook and can be ordered through any bookstore or online at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, and of course iTunes. You can search through the title of the books. Or, if you'd like to search by the author, his name is Stephen Kautz, and his last name is spelled K-O-U-T-Z. You can also go to shadowedbooks.com, and there you can find direct links to all online purchasing sites. Once again, that is Shadowed Books, and Shadowed is spelled S-H-A-W-O-W-E-D, shadowedbooks.com. Mr. Kautz is on Instagram and Twitter as Stephen Kautz, and I follow him. So if you have a problem finding him, go on my feed and we follow each other. I just wanted to read a few paragraphs from the book to give you guys a, uh, an idea of what he offers. Here we go. In 2089, Earth has experienced a rapid shift in political and technological developments. Reported sightings of UFOs and alleged human abductions have reached such an alarming rate that governments decided to remove national boundaries and unite as one planet under one leader. The new government, the United Nations of Earth, made space exploration and defense of the planet its top priority. So, if you go on my Instagram account, I made a TikTok for Mr. Kautz and his books to the X-Files theme, which is actually getting uh, quite a few views on TikTok. Um, and I, uh, I read the spine of the entire spine of his book, and it looks very interesting, and I will be checking it out at some point. I hope you guys do the same thing. So, now that I have done the second read, um, I, oh, by the way, I'd like to thank both sponsors, um, you know, but we are not done yet here, folks, because if you are up to date on the show, I also told you guys when I got my first paid sponsor a couple of episodes back that I purchased merch for the show to give out to you guys as a thank you for listening, um, but also to get you guys more involved, hopefully, uh, on the hostile environment social media platforms in hopes of, you know, growing the show and growing the brand and also having some fun because. If you guys start talking back and forth on social media, that's how strangers become friends, right? So who the hell knows, right? Who doesn't need more friends? 
So today I'm going to offer you this. If you can prove to me that you've either purchased a book from Mr. Stephen Coutts from his Shadowed Stars collection or downloaded the Military True Crime Addict podcast, then I will send you a hostile environment bumper sticker. Um, totally on my dime. So uh, I got a bunch of bumper stickers printed out from Sticker Mule, which I'm very happy with. They look very good. Um, so if you want some free shit, buy a book or you know get it on ebook and just prove to me that you've done it or uh, download the podcast of The Military True Crime Addict and uh, send me a screenshot to one of my many social media platforms and I will send you out some free merch as fast as I possibly can, right? Where can I find you on social media, Jay? And where should I send my screenshot? I'm so glad you asked, random female voice from the podcast. And here's where you can find me on all social media platforms. On Facebook, I am Jay Cowell. On IG, I am host.enviro.pod. On TikTok, I am at the hostile environment pod. On Twitter, I'm at podcast underscore hostile. My email address is j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. On Patreon, I am the Hostile Environment Podcast. So there you go, guys. The plugs are done. And if you follow me on social media, you will see some of the insanely funny and totally weird shit that I post all the time, as well as anything I do that's show-related. Um, just recently, I think it was today I put it, um, the other day I was informed by my youngest daughter that apparently my podcast studio was taking up way too much room in the basement. Uh, and then of course, when that conversation came up, my wife jumped on board because that's the way it works two on one. Cause I got no other males in this, in this house. So that's nice. Um, so I was pretty much forced to move it out of the way so that my daughter can have sleepovers and they can use more electrical outlets to charge their phones. Anyways, I bit the bullet and I moved the studio into a new position and a new place away from the kids. Thank, that's a good move, I guess. And I did post a picture on social media of the new uh, podcast studio that I have going on. Um, you know, I do have autographed pictures on the wall. One is of David Hasselhoff, otherwise known as The Hoff. The other one is uh, of Ron Jeremy, the most famous male porn star in the history of porn. And if you're a loyal subscriber, you would know that Ron Jeremy kissed my wife. Uh, and also to my right, I have a big giant Jason Voorhees who's rocking a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. He also has headphones and a Bucks COVID mask. And then just to the right, you couldn't see that, but I do have an autographed picture of Dean Cain who played Superman on the TV show. And the reason I have that up is not just because he's Superman, but because when I was getting his autograph at the Comic-Con, he wouldn't let me leave. We, I tried to break away from him many times and he just kept talking and kept having conversation and kept asking questions. Uh, he's, don't get me wrong, he's a super nice guy, but it got kind of uncomfortable and I just wanted to go and he wouldn't let me. So Dean Kane made the wall. So uh, that is that. Um, what else? Where else? Where else? Um, yeah. So anyways, follow me on social media. Let me make you smile. Let me entertain you. All that stuff. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. They won the 2021 NBA championship the other night. Um, to be totally transparent, I am not a Milwaukee Bucks fan. In fact, I've never met anyone who is a Milwaukee Bucks fan, to tell you the truth. But I'm sure very shortly you will see a bunch of people rocking Milwaukee Bucks merch because that's just the way life goes. Everyone jumps on the winner. 
Um, uh, and they're going to, you know, if you ask them, they're going to be like, hey, man, I, you know, I like your Bucks stuff. Or where'd you get the Bucks stuff? Oh, I've always been a Bucks fan, which is just how it's going with my Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks. All of a sudden, people love the Bucks. So weird because I was the only guy who used to anywhere in any Bucks stuff. Anyways, um, I am, however, I'm not a Bucks fan, Milwaukee Bucks, but I am a Greek freak fan. And I've had one of his jerseys from when he played on his Greek national team. So I have a white Antetokounmpo jersey that I've had for a couple years now. And I used to rock that all the time. Uh, like I told you guys before, I'm not really an NBA fan in general, but I do love me some basketball jerseys. So, um, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's um, it's funny that the Milwaukee Bucks they win the title, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, the quarterback for the uh, Green Bay Packers, who actually happens to be a minority owner in the Milwaukee Bucks franchise, um, also wasn't at the game apparently which is weird because if I, if I owned a stake in a team, I'd be there when they're playing for the championships, but okay. Uh, but he also just turned down a contract to stay in Green Bay with the Packers, uh, which, by the way, if you didn't know, Green Bay is a suburb of Milwaukee. And this contract reportedly would have made Aaron Rodgers the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So apparently, I guess Aaron Rodgers still wants out of Green Bay and it's unfortunate because he kind of he exemplifies the Packers. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this works out. I personally hope he stays with Green Bay. But I've also heard that Aaron Rodgers is by far one of the worst human beings on the planet. And there's a reason that he hasn't talked to any member of his family for like 20 years. His brothers, his dad, his mom, nobody. They've all cut him off. So if, if I was a betting man, I would say Aaron Rodgers is an awful human being. But he's a very talented quarterback. So, I mean... You take the good with the bad. And another huge congratulations goes out to the Bucks, Not the Milwaukee Bucks. No. Another congratulations goes out to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who visited the White House this week and met with the President of the United States, you know, uh, Sleepy Joe Biden. He was presented with his honorary Tampa Bay Bucks Super Bowl jersey. For the record, this is Tom Brady's seventh visit uh, as a Super Bowl champion to the White House. So I'm guessing at this point... They don't even need a tour guide. Tom Brady can probably walk them through and tell them the stories about the pictures on the walls and the statues. And I mean, he's been there fucking over 10 times. So uh, love that, Brady, I guess. Uh, let's move on from sports and let's do something that we haven't done in a long time. Let's do Thursday Tone Tale. Uh, so this is kind of a mixture of a Tone Tale and a J-Story. Um, and as I've said in the past, because uh, I can't give, keep giving you guys Tone Tales because... As much as I do have, I, I, I do have a, a plethora of them, but then I'm going to run out, uh, and then what do I do then? What do I do when I'm out of Tone Tales? I just talk to you guys, and yes, you can have your audio orgasm to the sound of my sexy voice, but that's not being, that's gonna, not going to be enough to keep you. i got to keep giving you stuff. So, uh, Anyways, today I decided, because it's a special show when I had two sponsors, and I'm very happy that I was going to give you a Tone Tale, so here it is. I'm going to give you a story about... Um, it's a story about a, uh, a pickup from my wife's parents' house uh, a long time ago when I was 20 years old. So we're going back to, uh, I want to say it's the year 2000. Yeah, it is the year 2000, for sure, because my daughter was born in 99. So yeah, 2000. Uh, and it was a, a pickup on a rather peculiar vehicle. And my wife, to this day, will not, still, will not let me live this down, right? So, um, you know, so, okay, so we're, we're in the year 2000. Um, uh, let's see, I, like I said, I had my daughter, my oldest daughter in 1999. So at that point when we had her, 
I was obviously only 19 years old. I had fucking barely any brain in my head. I wasn't responsible. Um, I lived in Scarborough. I had no job. I had no prospects. I was literally just a walking shit sack. Uh, I didn't care. I didn't have a care in the world until I knocked up my, my lady. And then my life started to change because I had to, I realized that um, something major was happening. I, I was about to bring a life into this world. And I loved my lady. And um, I wanted to be there and I wanted to grow the fuck up. So what we, 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 when we broke the news to my, my in-laws, my, my, well, my in-laws now, Sarah, uh, her parents, um, they basically understood the challenges that were ahead of us because they were young parents as well. And they gave me the option if I wanted to move into that house so that we could be together until we could save up some money and do our own thing. So of course I took that option. So I moved out and I moved into uh, their house and we had our daughter. And, you know, um, at that, I'd just gotten a job at the, uh, the LCBO at the liquor store. So I was pretty new there. I think I'd only been there about six months. And, uh, so this, this, uh, this story takes place. It was either Friday or Saturday night, one of those two, because most of the stories are only on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, and I, you know, I, at this time I still had my loser friends. Uh, I still had a bunch of good friends as well, but, uh, I, I still, I didn't, um, I didn't eject the losers from my life like I should have. So I still had guys like Tone and Bird and a couple of other randoms. Uh, obviously, Noof was long gone by this point. A few other people. But um, you know, when, when you're when you're drinking together and you're hanging out, you guys would always talk about shit that you wanted to do in the future. You know, like someone would say, "Oh, I want to go to a Super Bowl game," or uh, you know, my my dream is to go swimming with sharks, which my actually is, uh, or or you know, stuff like that. And I used to fuck around and I used to say my my dream was to own. Uh, one of those really long school buses, so a long school bus, and I wanted to kind of lower it to make it look ghetto. I wanted to paint it black, and I wanted to have pink writing on the side. Like some, the, the theme of the bus was going to be black and pink, because for some reason, I've always been a huge fan of pink, and black and pink go together so well. Just ask Brett the Hitman Hart. Anyways, moving on. I don't know where that came from. So uh, I used to say that all the time. I said I wanted to rip out the last few seats. I wanted to put a bed down. I wanted to sleep there. I wanted to put a kick-ass system in so, you know, I could pound tunes. Um, you know, it, it basically, it, it was just going to be uh, a giant party bus on wheels. And now look at us in the year 2021. These things are legitimately a thing. So they've stolen my idea, which I've never told anybody except my friends so i don't know how they stole it but anyways they stole my idea so i want i want to i want money from that so anyway um i used to say that shit all the time so one night uh friday or saturday night it's it's really late you know it's 11 or 12 or whatever and we decide we're finally going to bed so we lay down and our bed was in the basement and our crib was beside us so that if uh, my daughter cried or whatever it was easy to get to and right above us was the basement window, which is one of those small, like, you know, four by six windows or whatever the hell they were, you know, little tiny windows. You could open them just enough for some air. And uh, so we're, we're sleeping, we're, you know, lights out. And uh, two in the morning comes around and my wife starts shaking me. And I'm just kind of blowing her off because I just think it's the baby, but I don't hear the baby crying. And my wife's like, someone's here, someone's, someone's at the door. And I said, well, I, I, uh, don't worry about it. You know, fuck, they'll go away. Or, I said something along those lines. Like, ah, fuck, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's fine, it's fine. And then we hear the rap on the window. And now my wife 
well, she wasn't my wife at the time. She's my girlfriend. But at that time, she was, you know, she was really scared. She's like, oh, someone's at the window. Someone's at the window. It's two in the morning. So, you know, this can't be good. So it took me a minute, but I was like, oh, fine. You know, I'll fucking go out. So I, you know, just basically stand up out of bed. I walk right out the front door. And as soon as I open the front door, I see Tone and Derek. And then I see a school bus. Now, it wasn't the long school bus. It was the short bus, like they take the slow kids to in high school. You know, the ones who wear the hockey helmets and they bang their heads off the window and they lick the doors and stuff. One of those buses. Yeah, so there's a bus sitting there. And Tone and Derek are standing out there. And Tone goes to me, look, brah, I did what I want, what you wanted, man. I got you a bus. And I must have smiled ear to ear. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So, of course, Tone and Derek stole this school bus. And they brought it to Scarborough, which, from where they live, is a good, you know, eh, let's say 15-minute drive. 15 minutes to get to, to uh, uh, my wife's house at that time. So what do I do? Well, I get in. And next thing I know, I get in the driver's seat. I close the door, which was crazy fun, by the way, using that, that crazy crank for the door. Love that. And now we're driving. As I'm driving, I realize I have no shoes. I have no socks. I have no pants on. I'm still in my boxers and I'm wearing a wife beater. Or, sorry, not wife beater. That's politically incorrect. I'm wearing domestic assault apparel. So I don't even know why, but I just kept driving. Um, I made my left off the street onto a major road on Kingston Road and I went all the way downtown. And we got on the Gardener and we got on the Lakeshore and we're driving around blasting tunes. Oh, oh, sorry. And before I forget, I forgot to mention that Tone had uh, brought with him a few bottles, uh, empty pop bottles. Well, they weren't empty, but he emptied the pop, the pop bottles out and filled them with tequila and then filled them back up with Sprite or something like that. Anyway, so the, the, the pop bottles were tequila and Sprite. And he had three or four of those with him. So we were drinking and driving and smoking and I had no shoes or pants on. And we drove all around downtown. I think we drove around for, had to be well over an hour until I was too scared that the gas was going to run out. And then we drove back to Scarborough. And um, so we get back and I was like, now I'm a little bit tipsy, I'm not going to lie. I get out and I was like, all right, guys, well, I guess I'll see you later. And they're like, all right, well, we'll see you later. And they, they close the door. But of course, before they close the door, Tone had to press the button for the goofy stop sign to come out. So it starts beeping. It was four in the morning, and now there's a stop sign. The, the red lights are flashing, and it's beeping. Um, and then I'm, I'm laughing my ass off, but I knew I was the jig was up at that point. And when they drove away, I went downstairs, and wow, did I get in trouble. And I mean, wow. I got in so much trouble. So she was so pissed off at me. Apparently, her parents had heard the people out front when I was uh, about to leave. They saw me get in the school bus with no pants and shoes on. They saw me drive away in this school bus. They know I was gone for well over an hour. And when I got home, I woke up the whole neighborhood with the stop sign. So that was not the best choice to do when you're living at your in-laws with a brand new infant baby girl. Needless to say, I made that mistake. But I can also say... It was awesome to not only drive a school bus with your boys, but kind of live the dream. Um, we didn't have to be drinking and driving. Uh, you know, what, you know, being 19 years old, uh, you know, we make bad decisions, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but 
I made some fucking really stupid decisions, and that was definitely one of them, because God forbid if I had got caught, if we had got pulled over, um, I, I can't even imagine where the cops would have started with their conversations. So uh, there you go, guys. That was my school bus pickup story, and I wish I had have brought this idea for If Shark Tank was around back in the day, I would have made a million. I would have been a billionaire because, or not billionaire, a millionaire for sure, because my idea was awesome, and I knew it was awesome, and now other people are doing it, and yeah, I shit the bed. What are you going to do? So that is it, guys. We are 36 minutes into this podcast, and unfortunately, this is the last time we are going to talk for a week. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. I will talk to you in seven days. I hope you guys have a great seven days without me. Remember, stock up on alcohol, and I will talk to you on Thursday. Until then, bye for now.